Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader. With 10 races left in the regular season, the drive towards the playoffs shifts into high gear at Chicagoland Speedway. The magnificent mile and a half is ready for a Stars and Stripes weekend and the season debut of NASCAR on NBC. Welcome into NASCAR America, everybody. Presented by Mobile One, Carol Amano and Parker Quigerman with you here in our studio. And out in Chicago, our three NASCAR on NBC race analysts are standing by on top of our brand new Peacock pit box. Steve Letarte, Dale Earnhardt Jr. and Jeff Burton are there. And I see that when Junior shows up, it's casual Thursday. I don't know about you guys. Parker and I got ready to come to work today, Apparently. fellas. I'm surprised Jeff well, Burton has that. a T-shirt. <laughs> well, they didn't tell a buddy. It was T-shirt day, and I'm wearing the golf shirt. Dale said he's disappointed because I didn't have a T-shirt stocked uh -huh. and ready in my luggage. But it's 85, feels a little over 90 degrees, so the T-shirts are definitely a nice touch. Yeah, I'm going to try to make this work for me as long as I can. <laughs> I, I, I appreciate long. the influence. Yeah. I don't know how... I don't know how long we can expect to be able to wear T-shirts, but we're going to go with it. <laughs> well, we were told our bosses aren't watching today, so we just went for it. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That's music to my ears back in the studio. Um, Junior, in all seriousness, everybody has been wishing you good luck on social media using that hashtag, good luck, Dale Jr. And Chicagoland Speedway even getting into the mix. They said, we know you're hungry to get started. So this is your famous banana mayo sandwich. Uh, did this make it to your hands, or did you? It, no. It did not. This uh, sandwich has haunted me for years now, ever since I sent out that tweet. But I, um, I have seen a lot of the, uh, the videos and, and the well wishes on social media. I want to thank everybody for being so supportive. The most supportive people that, uh, that I've had are right here in this pit box with me, my teammates. And we're looking forward to, you know, we've been talking about this and getting ready for this for six months and it's finally happening this weekend. Yeah, well with that, let's put you to work because this weekend begins All a 10-race right. stretch that basically determines the drivers and the teams that are going to compete for a championship this fall. So with that in mind, let's pull off the playoff standings and take a look at where things are at. So 10 of the 16 playoff spots are still available. Some winless drivers in there like Brad Keselowski and Kurt Busch have a comfortable points cushion. Others feeling far less assured and that includes Hendrick Motorsports teammates Jimmy Johnson, Chase Elliott and Alex Bowman. Parker, what's the biggest thing you see when you look at these standings? Well, it's actually a name that's missing from this that you might have noticed was there before Sonoma, and that is the one car of Jay McMurray. He was actually 19th going into Sonoma, and now he's fallen all the way outside the top 20 with the issues he had there, and that's just disastrous because he was moving so far up the grid, and I really thought he was going to be contending right now to be maybe in the playoffs, but we'll have to see what happens in the next 10 races. All right, so Jeff Jr. and Steve, let's get it back out to you guys. We've talked so much about Kevin Harvick, Kyle Busch this season. Jr., who do you have your eye on moving forward this weekend and into the rest of the season? Uh, one of the guys that I'm going to be watching going on uh, this weekend and for the rest of the year is Joe Logano. He's quietly put together one of the most consistent seasons next to Kyle Busch this year. And considering how his year went last year, which was a real struggle, yeah. they've really turned it around. Nobody's talking about him. Obviously, everybody's talking about what I like to call the big three. But uh, Joey is due for a win. I think he could very well come in this weekend and steal one away from the big three. Another guy that I'm thinking about uh, is... 
I'm, I'm, you know, I'm looking at who's going to come in and steal that final spot down in Homestead. What's, who's going to be that driver? And I want it to be a Chevy driver because we've seen really nothing out of the Chevrolet right. guys all year. Chase Elliott. Chase Elliott has probably been the best car out of the Hendrick Stable. He's coming into Chicago where he's got two starts here, two finishes here of second and third place. Um, I talked to him a little bit. He feels like that his success is tied to the upgrades that the team makes throughout the year. If they made, and I've seen them make some steps in the right direction over the last several weeks, and they're performing really well, finishing inside the top 10. Uh, a couple more adjustments coming into Chicago, and I think he gets another top five finish this weekend. Uh, he could be also a guy that uh, could steal a win this weekend and also steal that fourth position going into Homestead. Well, we talk a lot about Chase Elliott as he is kind of emerging as the lead Hendrick driver, consistently yeah. running a couple spots better than Jimmy Johnson. But your other pick there, Joey Logano. Jeff, you and I covered the demise from Richmond last year, all the way back in the spring that had yep. that penalty, and it just continued. It's amazing what an offseason did, right? It's like a whole new year for this team. Yeah, and they say it weren't connected. I mean, the team says, you know, just because of what happened in Richmond, that had nothing to do with the rest of the year wrong yeah it certainly had something to do with it i know they don't believe it did but clearly emotionally uh something happened or even in the car the parts and pieces they no longer could run that yeah. hurt them so that destroyed their year and and good for them for recovering because you know those things can tear teams apart those the crew chief the driver they stuck together and they said hey we got to make this work and they did it and the guy i'm watching is his teammate brad keselowski and, you know, the reason I think Brad Keselowski is someone to watch here is because two wins here. He hasn't won this year. There's the longest into the season he's gone without a win since 2013. He needs a win. He needs a win to establish himself to as one of those guys that can go to Homestead and win. And you mentioned Chase Elliott. That team's going to have to improve, but they can't make one notch. they got to take two notches because – those top three, they're going to improve too. So you're going to have to improve. So how much can Keselowski, how much can Chase Elliott, how much do they have to improve to get there? I think it's a lot. But with the success here from Brad, I think you got to watch him. Well, another thing I like about Brad is this race is going to feel very different. I mean, we mentioned the temperature already. It's going to be hot and slick, which I think sometimes really challenges the communication driver to crew chief. And you look at Paul Wolf and Brad Kozlowski, they've won a championship together. They've been together for a long time. They're that team you can never get rid of, right? During a race, you kind of rule them out in the first stage. Next thing you know, here they come again. They've made adjustments. They've improved their race car. Yeah, I feel like this is a turning point for the whole garage right now. And it's an opportunity, really, for some of these guys to step up and put themselves in play as far as contenders going forward, as we've seen Harvick, Bush, and Truex Jr. are really the big three that have dominated the series so far. Yeah. You know, another guy that that I think, and I said this probably three weeks ago and, and I'm on NASCAR him. America, said I it. said this. He said, it. "I said, watch Clint Boyer." Clint Boyer, and, and you know, yeah. And the reason why is because I don't think of Clint Boyer as Mister Go Win Five Races, but he's so consistent. Now yeah. he's got those two wins, and being consistent and running in the front can move him to Homestead. Big question for this weekend, though. He has not been good here. I mean, Clint Boyer has, you know, he has four of the last races here. He's not finished on a lead lap. Ooh. I mean, he has not been a contender at this racetrack. Uh, two wins this year, only one top five finish and 12 starts here. So this is a place that they can establish themselves. They can say, you know what? If we can come here with 10 races to go in the regular season and make a statement, then we can win this championship. I, we shouldn't put one race on anything, but it's 
but winning races and winning championships about overcoming obstacles. And this is an obstacle they need to overcome. Well, I can't think of a more emotional driver than Clint Boyer, right? And those wins have got to help him. You know, Clint, when he's in a good mood, he's faster. Yeah. I, we all are. I like <laughs> I like the Clint Boyer the Clint Boyer pick, and I think a lot of people are pulling for Clint. And I think if they had seen this type of performance before, maybe even last season, more people would be on that bandwagon. It's just like I, I feel like, you know, even though he's won and he is – running awesome this year it's like i gotta see more you know yep. give me just a little bit more well i go back to the year that you know jeff gordon and he got in that tussle with phoenix yeah he was second in points yeah he was a contender to win that championship that year this is not the first time that he's had a chance to win the championship he's been there before it just seems like forever ago with everything he's been through but i think he's ready now i think he's mature enough to go win a championship. Well, I'm going to take an easy pick, but nobody's talking about him. That's Kyle Larson in the 42, currently 10th in the playoff standings. But when I look at Kyle Larson, I think he is consistently, consistently the best Chevrolet on the racetrack week in and week out. He still needs to find something for raw speed to run with the Kevin Harvick's, the Kyle Busch, and some of the other Toyotas. But this racetrack isn't going to be about raw speed. It's going to be about being creative, finding grip on the racetrack, moving around. That is Kyle Larson's signature. He will move up. He'll go against the wall. Earlier in his career, I'd be concerned if he could keep the right side on the car for the entire race. But when you look at his numbers, Chevy's only had five second-place finishes all year. He's had three of them. He's been top seven in three of the last four Chicago races. This is the type of racetrack, and that was a fall race. Moving to the summer, I only think helps Kyle Larson's chances this week. So what do you think about Kyle Larson in that situation where your back's against the wall, and you got to go win. Like, I think we talked about obstacles. I think that's the kind of obstacle that Kyle's got to prove to himself not to overdrive the car, not to push and make that mistake like we saw him do early in his career. If every one of these guys is going to get their their backs against the wall and have to come out of it, can, can he manage that expectation in that high-pressure moment? Well, I think he can. I think he's proved it to me last year that he can win, and that's what I'm looking for. Yeah, they've lost just a little bit of speed from last year that they had. Um, but this is the track that where he can really come in here and steal a win. This is a place where you got to move around. There's a lot of different ways to get around the corner here. And right on the fence is where he loves to run. And this is a track that begs for that. So this could be a place where he comes in and uh, runs up front all day. Carolyn, we've been doing our homework. You can tell it's our weekend to be back on the air. Those are five <laughs> names that we think can run against those big three that seems to be winning all the mile-and-a-half races. You guys look like three consummate professionals, despite That's the fact that you're wearing T-shirts out there. Parker, what, what were you thinking when you were listening to well, that? Well, I, I heard a lot of great points from them, but there's two drivers I feel like that maybe they were missing in there, and one that's really obvious in my opinion, that's Ryan Blaney in the 12 car. He's been one of the fastest cars on the mile-and-a-half all year. They have been able to get in victory lane, but I just believe that car is definitely a contender. And then another one that's sneaky, Eric Jones in the 20 car. I just believe he's seen speed out of him at times. He was fast in the Coca-Cola 600. Obviously, Kyle Busch has been very fast as teammate, so I just feel like he could sneak up and maybe possibly get a win at one of these mountain You know what I was thinking when I was listening to the guys is that I'm sure that Kevin Harvick and Kyle Busch are completely fine with not being mentioned in that segment at all. You <laughs> well, know? Yeah, they, they, they're doing they've fine it. and they don't care. Um, by the way, just a reminder for you, coming up at 5.30, we are going to bring you the next installment of the Dale Jr. Download, the TV show, so plan on sticking around for that. we got a full hour of Jr. here today on the show. When we come back, we are going to have much more from Steve and Jeff and Dale Jr. on the Peacock Pit Pops at Chicagoland as we look ahead to our first race weekend of the season. Stay with us. Just getting started here on NASCAR America. NASCAR America is brought to you by Mobile One Annual Protection. Proven protection for 20,000 miles.
Daisy Ward there performing Running Down a Dream, a classic, and that is our new theme song for the season. You saw a smooth junior cameo in that video along with Rutledge Wood. This week's Dale Jr. Download airs right here on NBCSN just over 17 minutes from now. Here is a sneak peek with Junior's guest, Denny Hamlin. What is the perception and the reality for you? I, I what, was, do people perceive you? They, I, you know, there's always studies, right? Yeah. And they think I'm one of the most unapproachable guys you could meet. And it's interesting. And, and I always look at, you know, video that they have of me or pictures are taken. And I look like I'm pissed off all the time. And I get it. And I'm like, man, I probably wouldn't approach him either. But I'm just thinking, I'm in the moment of thinking about this race car. And I'm in the garage. I'm like, you know, thinking, how can we get better? And I'm not always cutting up and things like that, you know. But that's I've, just your I've face. I've never been... <laughs> <laughs> You're just born with that face, man. <laughs> gotta, gotta cut him a break, man. I just, it's a resting Denny face. Resting you know? Denny face. I've, I've never been rude to a fan, ever. I've never turned a fan down for an autograph unless I'm directly going into a race car, into my hall or something like that, and I'm in a hurry. If I ever have time, I do it. No question about it. All right, so Dale, I want to know two things. One, is resting Denny face an official <laughs> hashtag that's trending somewhere yet? And two, did you know that that couch was going to turn into therapy for every big-name driver to walk into that door and do point. your podcast? I hope it's a hashtag we will see throughout the rest of the season. <laughs> um, and it has been interesting to, to have you know the drivers come on and they feel – comfortable to really dive into some pretty interesting subjects on on our show and we're having a lot of fun with that and it's been therapeutic for me as well really to have these conversations because i know these guys as fierce competitors and and we don't have all that you know many great relationships outside of the racetrack so it's an opportunity for us to sort of mend fences and you know i'm by, i'm out of the car now i'm no longer a competitor or a threat to them and uh on the racetrack at least and so I'm going into the booth. I'm trying to make these new relationships with these drivers. The Tart, Jeff, they're telling me that I got to have great networking with the drivers and have good relationships so I can reach out to them during the week and ask them questions when I need. But it's uh, that was a great conversation with Denny. He was really candid. That's what we want when we have guys come on there is to share something with uh, our listeners that maybe you know they 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 often are, don't share at the racetrack. You and, and also don't take it personal when they're wives and mothers call you mad at you when oh, you no. say something about them because that happens too. i hope that that doesn't happen to me it will <laughs> it jeff, is, see. jeff gets it from all the families <laughs> you know steve it is an interesting part of this whole thing for for junior though because you you guys both had to kind of take a step to the other side and realize that your relationships with everybody in the garage this family type atmosphere is going to change a little bit when you step into this role well, Hey, listen, he's already having a head start over me because these drivers are being nice to him. I remember the first time I walked up in a hauler in the garage area, like year one, the quick look was, what are you doing in here? Yeah. Like, you know, they, they still think I'm a crew chief for another team, but it's taken a few years. These guys, though, they seem to like The me. ones that I've reached out to have been nice because I know which ones to talk to. Ah, I, don't, I haven't talked to all of them yet. We'll see how they all are, but so far, so good. I mean, I, I, uh, I these guys all have the same interest in the health of the sport you know they want the sport to be great they want the broadcast to be great so in the best interest of the sport we've got to work together and i think that they know that i knew that as a driver 
And uh, so they know there's a responsibility there to communicate with you guys, and I hope that they'll do the same thing with me. Yeah, I think they will. We're looking forward to it. Um, back to what is at stake this weekend. The big three, as Junior mentioned earlier, have been stout at mile-and-a-half tracks. At Ch and at Chicagoland, we expect much of the same. It's happening all season long. But which drivers really do have a chance to take them down on Sunday? And if they do, how are they going to do it at this track? We're going to ask our team when we come back. Stay with us. Chicagoland to me is uh, unlike anything else. Have a great day, boys. We're racing in Chicago. Mile and a half, but it has a lot of character. Here, you got to run 400 great miles. Every time you get through three and four, it's like getting uh, punched in the gut. Chicago, you can run anywhere from the apron to the wall. You can race around it wherever you wanted to, and it's fast. No better feeling than putting in victory lane. It's unbelievable. Martin Truex Jr. is on the last two races at Chicago, and if you look at this season at mile and a half, Kevin Harvick and Kyle Busch have won all five of those races with Truex right in the mix. So, Steve, if you are everybody else trying to get a shot at this, what are the keys to beating that trio on this track? Well, Carolyn, you know, there's something about Chicago. You talk about the bumps, the roughness, and the challenge of the old pavement, but it's easy to say you need to have a fast car. The fans know that, but what is a fast car at Chicago? Dale, you've won here. What makes a car good at this racetrack? Well, you got to be able to get through the bump in turn three and four. You heard Alex Bowman talk about how it's a punch in the gut. It really is one of the more violent bumps in the series on any racetrack. So getting through there, you're going to try on all day during practice to, to get your car comfortable across that bump and, and not lose the front end or not get loose on exit after traveling through that and oscillating through that bump. So that's one particular area. Uh, also, the guy that can actually run all over the racetrack. Some guys are going to be really good just on the bottom or really good right on the top. Well, there's, you know, the track sort of the evolution of the groove and where you need to be running sort of changes throughout the day. So while you're practicing, you do need to be out there trying those different lines. How does your car enter up high? How does it roll the center up high? Uh, do you have the drive off on the bottom of turn two that you need? So you need to be trying all those things as you're practicing, and the guys that can do that will have uh, have a good day Sunday. And I think it's even more challenging this weekend, Jeff, because it's a two-day schedule. We're here on Thursday, but the cup cars won't be on track until Friday. Just a couple practices, then qualifying, very condensed weekend. Yeah, I think that does make a difference. I think the track time is always important. I think it may be less important today than it used to be with all the technology, but at a track like this where the, the bumps, the slickness, all those things, they're very difficult to simulate. Uh, at home on a computer and on a simulator, no matter how much money is spent, it's very difficult to, to replicate those things. And I want to add one thing to, to what, what Junior said. I think that certainly you're going to have to move around on the racetrack. But one of the arts that I don't think team that, that, that fans understand is when to make the decision to move. If you have a car that's really good on the bottom and you go to the top too soon, you're 10 laps going slower than you needed to be and vice versa. You may need to go back to the bottom and when to make that decision is so important. We see what these races come down to. It's a matter of milliseconds. It's it's small things that happen. And if you go to the top three laps too soon, you lose two positions in making that decision. And it takes you 30 laps to get that back. So that decision is so important. Yeah, and as crazy as it sounds, Carolyn, Dale and I have run some races where actually he put that on me. He said, you have the lap times. You tell me at lap 10, <laughs> lap 12, lap 15. Hey, 
it's time to move around the racetrack, so I think it's going to come back to the driver and the crew chief that can communicate the best. They're going to have to continue to adjust their race car throughout the entire day. He talk, we talk about that chemistry and relationship constantly, yep. and we just saw that on a road course between Colburn <laughs> and Martin Truex Jr. You need that kind of synergy. Well, and uh, listening to Dale there and Jeff talk about moving around, one thing that really stuck out to me from the 78 team of Martin Truex Jr. is that he is so great on the bottom, and he's incredible at making speed over the long run on the bottom. So like Dale said, you're going to have to find a way to make your car work everywhere, and I think if you want to beat that 78, you're going to have to find a way to be faster than him using a different lane because he's most likely going to be one of the best cars at running the bottom. All right. Well, we have a second here. Uh, we want to look at our schedule for the week weekend because it's pretty busy. We kick things off tomorrow with NASCAR America at 4 p.m. Eastern, so a different time there. And that is followed by Xfinity Series practice. And then on Saturday, it's the Xfinity Series race followed by cup qualifying on Sunday, the Cup Series race. Our coverage begins at noon Eastern with NASCAR America. So a very, very busy weekend. And we hope you're with us for all of it because we are so excited. Coming up, we are going to talk a little fan we're going to go chalk. We're going for surprise here. Fantasy picks for the Stars and Stripes weekend at Chicago Land when we come back. NASCAR America is brought to you by Mobile One Annual Protection. Proven protection for 20,000 miles. All right, buddy. It's time for us to go out and have some fun. We've practiced. We've rehearsed. We've done everything we can. Now we get to go and call races, and that's the best part of this job. You're going to love it. It's so much fun. And the best thing is you've got Amy and Isla at home cheering you on, and all of us are going to be right there with you. So have some fun. If we need to, we will tether you down because I know you're excited. But have a good time. Our fourth member of the squad, Rick Allen, tweeting his sentiments to Dale Jr. with that hashtag, good luck, Dale Jr. I just want to know this, Jr., is that the same Rick Allen, the real Rick Allen that talked so much trash for the last 10 weeks of our fantasy league? <laughs> Something about that is very off to me. That is weird because he was sort of out of the hunt there at one point and then snuck right back up in there and won uh, that 10-week stretch. So I was really surprised because I thought we had him beat, but... Uh, I don't think he gets as lucky this this time around. Oh, there's no way. We can't possibly let him somehow yeah. beat us again. No, I feel like he was Not gloating a, a little bit in that good luck message. He didn't have to say it, but I just felt like it was there. There's bottom a definitely line, a shine. Bottom line, somebody must beat Rick in the next installment of our NASCAR American Fantasy League. So we've got a new 10-week league. It's kicking off uh, this weekend. Fans can enter NASCAR.com slash NBC Sports Fantasy. Um, we can look at the odds, and I want to get some picks from you guys. So, Steve, who are you picking uh, this weekend? Well, I like the man right there in the number 42 car, 7 to 1 is his odds. That's the guy I'm taking. I think Kyle Larson is the driver. He's going to break through, get that first win of the season, get a little momentum for Chevrolet. I think this is the turning point to his season. It's been an okay year, Jeff, but I think this is the moment he turns from a good car to a winning car. Yeah, well, I'm going to take Truex. 7 to 2. I'm going to take Truex. You talked a minute ago, Parker, about how good he is on the bottom. He's grossly underrated about how good he is on the top, too. I think he's a driver that can move around. So I like Truex. Yeah, I'm going to take Kyle Busch. I think uh, he doesn't get the pole, but I think he wins stage two and dominates from that for that point forward. Uh, so that's my pick. And, Carolyn, hey. I think Rick's right behind the camera here writing those numbers down. Hey. I'm going to make a lot. I'm gonna make people a lot of money and go with Ryan Blaney at 15 to 1. You guys see him. what Parker did? I got jealous. jealous. He took his jacket off. I, just, I felt like it was – there's no reason anymore. He just wants to be one of the guys. All right, that's all for NASCAR America. Our weekend coverage starts tomorrow afternoon at 4 Eastern. Right now, the newest episode of the Dale Jr. Download TV show. Stick around. Coming your way right now.
Treat dad to the good stuff at Nordstrom Rack and save big. Father's Day is Sunday, June 16th, and Nordstrom Rack's got gifts dad will love up to 60% off. Shirts, activewear, watches, cologne, denim, and more. Find amazing deals on Tommy Bahama, Cole Haan, Original Penguin, and Vince. Great brands, great prices. So get to your Nordstrom Rack store now and make dad's day with gifts up to 60% off.